You are now listening to The Row Pod, a Real Housewives recap. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Row Pod, a Real Housewives recap. I am back after my indefinite hiatus, although it's probably definite because I did say that I wouldn't be putting out an episode last week, but... I guess I said that to prove that, unlike Dallas, I'm coming back. Although I've heard rumors about Dallas coming back. Who knows? But anyways, I'm back. Sorry for missing last week. I was out of town. And that's why you got an early episode last Wednesday that was just about the Atlanta finale and the She by Sheree fashion show. And the She by Sheree website, which there are very good and important updates that I want to make. And I will get to those during the Atlanta segment of this episode. But first, I want to talk about news that's happening within the Housewives realm. Last Thursday, I believe, it was announced that Teresa from New Jersey will be on Dancing with the Stars. Yay! Um, I'm excited. I will be watching. I think it comes on next week. I think maybe next Monday or next Tuesday. It's going to be on Disney+. Plus. I'm curious how Dancing with the Stars will do on Disney+. Plus. I'm curious if it'll do well. This is the first season where it's not on cable, where it's not going to actually be on ABC, which I would like to think that Dancing with the Stars still gets decent enough ratings for it to still be on TV. But maybe it doesn't, and that's why they're moving to Disney+, and hopefully um, the audience will follow them to Disney Plus and it won't be a complete flop. But yeah, Teresa will be on this season of Dancing with the Stars. Now I'm going to go ahead and put in my prediction. Do I think she will win? No, I don't think she will win. Not because she's not a good dancer. We don't know how she dances. You know, she could impress us. I don't think she's going to win because she's a reality star. And if she's not a reality star that's been on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, the viewers on ABC aren't going to vote for her. And that's just the truth. You know, and don't you find it funny that The Bachelor and The Bachelorette is also on ABC and usually contestants who are on that show go farther in the competition because both shows happen to be a part of, you know, the Disney ABC umbrella. Just saying. So um, do I think Teresa will win? No, not because, you know, she can't dance because who knows? Maybe she can dance, but she's not going to win based on the fact that older viewers will be like, oh, She's just a reality star. She's just famous for being famous. Not realizing that they're talking about Teresa flipping the table Judice or Judice or, you know, however she wants to pronounce her last name these days. It, it changes every other day. But um, I will definitely be voting for Teresa. My prediction is probably Charlie will win. Charlie D'Amelio. She's one of those. Um, I think she's the second most followed TikTok personality. She'll probably win. Her mother's also on there for some reason. Although I think the reason is because the D'Amelios have their own little show on Hulu, which also happens to be, you know, Disney ABC affiliated. Now, I'm not saying that she's going to win based off that. I'm just saying. I'm just putting that out there. That's all I'm doing. I'm just reporting the news. I don't know anything. You know, I don't know any inside information. I'm not, you know, these fake Twitter accounts that claim to have inside sources when, you know, the source is their mind. They just made it up. But either way, we're going to root for Teresa. And I'm going to vote. I'm going to use my 10 votes and give it all to her. And you know, somewhere Melissa is, you know, probably punched a hole in her wall. Is probably seething with anger. I saw yesterday that Teresa recently did an interview with E! News. And they asked her if, if there is any chance that they will 
reconcile, you know, Teresa and Melissa and Joey. And Teresa was like, absolutely not. Nope, nope, no. She said no three times. She said no, no, no. Which makes me so curious. What happened at this dang finale? That changed everything. I'm excited. I really am. And good for Teresa. Because now Melissa will have to work towards a storyline. If Teresa doesn't want anything to do with her. I think it's going to be interesting though when they see each other for the first time. I'm assuming since everything has happened at BravoCon. Because you know there's a New Jersey panel and both Melissa and Teresa will be there. So that's going to be very interesting. I'm going to be like one of the producers. We need Andy and a camera immediately. So that's going on. And last week, last Friday, the Beverly Hills reunion was taped. I heard that it took 10 hours. I heard that it was very intense. And according to Erica Jane last night um, and Andy Cohen, no one left talking to each other. I guess everyone was mad at each other. Everyone was pissed off at each other. They didn't even take a cast photo. And that's a first. Usually at the reunion, you know, they take photos of each woman in their outfit and then they take a whole cast photo. They didn't even take a cast photo. So you know it's bad. You know it is horrible. Diana didn't show up to the reunion. Apparently she has COVID. She tested positive for COVID while she was vacationing in Hawaii. Um, and apparently I heard that Again, I, I heard this. I don't know if this is confirmed. She's only a part of like one segment in the reunion, which I don't even care. I'm, I'm actually, I'm not glad that Diana got COVID. I'm not saying that. I'm glad that she's not going to be there the entire reunion. Just saying. What, what are we going to miss? What exactly are we going to miss when we don't have Diana there? I'll wait. Me being Kenya Moore, I'll wait. You know, if somebody like Kyle got COVID, they would postpone the reunion. Heck, even someone like Renna, they would postpone the reunion. Erica, they would postpone the reunion. Sutton, they would have to postpone the reunion because she carried the whole season on her back. Garcelle, they probably would postpone the reunion. Dorit, mm, not so much. Crystal, as much as I love Crystal, mm, not so much. They would still go on without her. And Diana, mm, they went on without you. And I don't remember the seating chart right now. I saw a tweet from Queens by Bravo or Queens of Bravo, you know, that Twitter account. Love them, by the way, I follow them. They said that Kyle and Renna are getting the first seats next to Andy. Now, Kyle, I, I get. Because as much as I don't like Kyle this season, she has been stirring the pot, she has been clocked in, I will give her that. But Renna, they must be going off of seniority because outside of Kyle, Renna has also been on the show longest. Second longest to Kyle. You know, Kyle's been on it since the very beginning. And Renna's been on it since, what, season five, season six? Because if anything, Sutton deserves that first seat. You know, if you look up Sutton's name, you know how her initial, her middle initial is B? I didn't realize this. It stands for back brace. Because she needs a back brace from carrying the season on her back. Because, let's be honest, if Sutton wasn't there to be bullied and berated every single damn week, would we even have a show? Would we have a show? I don't think so. Garcelle said it was intense filming the reunion. I'm not ready for it. I'm kind of ready for the season to be over because it's just, like, it's so tense, you know? What happened to fun, light, you know, shade and digs and all that? What happened to that? Vicky Gumbleson. We used to have fun. What happened to all the fun? You know, we need to get it back immediately.
So Atlanta began its reunion this week. And first off, I just want to say the set. I love the set. It has birds. It has this water, kind of like river in the middle. I assume it's so um, the women won't walk off from the stage because you know how Andy hates that. Which would, um, which I would too. Like we're there filming this reunion. You know, the reunion, you know, we only see three parts. We only see three hours of, you know, an eight to 10 hour shoot. You know, people think that the reunion just is just those three hours. That they just shoot for those three hours and then it's done and then they compile it to three parts. No, it, you know, they filmed this reunion for like eight to 10 hours. And Andy, you know, he gets annoyed whenever one of them like gets so upset and they walk off and it's like, ah, oh, now we have to wait for them to come back. Or, you know, those are two things that Andy hates. When a housewife walks off and when a housewife doesn't show up, which I agree. Why aren't you showing up to your job? Why aren't you being there and being where you're supposed to be at for your job? Because this is a, this is a job for these women, okay? They're getting a paycheck. The theme of this reunion, at least for the set, was um, inspired by the Jamaica trip. And it looks really nice. All of the women look stunning. They're all kind of wearing red, pink, I guess peach colors. Fitting, of course, for Atlanta. So the reunion begins with a segment about um, who is the new bone collector. And then by the end, it shows that, you know, what we all know, which is all the housewives, all of these women talk about each other. So they're all bone collectors. Yeah, um, that's a housewives show for you. I don't know why that segment was included because it's like, duh, they all talk about each other. They're all bone collectors in a way. Duh. Don't know why that segment wasn't included, but... Anyways, after that, we go to Sheree, and Sheree is celebrating the launch of She by Sheree. Now, I will say, now that we're on the topic of She by Sheree, last episode, I was very harsh and I was very critical, and I said, I want to be proven wrong. I want Sheree to have a good website launch. I want the prices to be right. I want the material to be right. And I will say, her new website looks really good. The design looks so much better. And apparently the reason why shirts were costing $150 was because there's an autographed version of the shirt. So, you know, I, I assume that she signs the shirts and those cost more, which that makes sense. But then again, you know, the regular shirts without the autograph is still $82. Me personally, I wouldn't buy a shirt that's $82. One, because I don't have the money and two... I mean, that shirt's got to be able to do everything. <laughs> you know, $82 on a shirt, a shirt that I could probably design myself to. Like a shirt that just says joggers, joggers, joggers. That's $82. I'm not saying that there's, you know, and I'm a, I consider myself a super fan, but maybe I'm not a super fan enough of the housewives to, you know, spend $82 on a shirt. I'm sorry. That's not me. You, you know, throw your tomatoes at me would never be me. But I'm sure that there are people that have spent money on it, that much money on a shirt, and hopefully they enjoy the shirt. I do think it was funny, though, um, to get 20% off of the joggers, you can use the code SHEINNOTBYSHEIN. Now, we can argue about whether Sheree's material is SHEIN material, but I will say I love clever marketing. She saw that everyone thought that it was SHEIN, so she used that as a coupon code. I can respect genius marketing. 
So Andy and Sheree talk about the process of She by Sheree, how it all came together and how it's now available to purchase. And conversation turns to Candy. You know, Candy has an after show on her YouTube channel called Speak On It. And she, you know, talks about the episode. She basically recaps the episode. And people bring up the fact that she uses outside information that's not necessarily included in the show to talk about other people on the show. I don't know why she's getting, you know, Candy at the season 10 reunion. Why am I getting so much backlash? I don't know why she's getting so much backlash for this. Um, all of these women talk about each other. This, I mean, why, why are we acting like these women talking about each other in interviews and in their confessionals and now on their after shows? Why are we acting like this is something that's new, that's never happened in the housewives realm. Why are we acting like that? These women obviously talk about each other all the time regarding this show because they are filming a show. Why is this a topic? I think it's a topic because, you know, as, as much as I like the season of Atlanta, there wasn't much that went on during this season of Atlanta, if I have to be honest. So it's like they're kind of just reaching for topics to talk about. So they're like, uh, what, what, what can we talk about during the reunion? Oh, um, Candy talks about the other women. Okay, so do all the other women talk about each other. And Candy says, well, you know, Sheree, you've talked about me. Let's roll back the tape. You've talked about me. And Sheree has, both Sheree and Marlo. When they were having that dinner together, Marlo was like, well, you know Candy's a hoe. She's always been a hoe. And then Sheree's been like, mm-hmm. And then, you know what, Sheree in her confessional, why is everyone shocked that Candy was sucking, you know what, in the locker room? It's Candy. So I think it's fair game. Candy talks about Sheree. Sheree talks about Candy. They all talk about each other. This isn't new. I don't know why we're pretending it's new. Okay, let's move on. Then the focus goes on, you know, the, the like mini feud between Sheree and Drew and you know, how some of these women clowned Drew for her Drop It With Drew workout program. Is it revolutionary? Is it something new? No, but it's a workout program. What's wrong with a workout program? And you know, some of these women are like, oh, well, didn't she get work done? As if they're not on the housewives and none of these women have gotten work done. Hello? It's like these women have to be reminded what show that they're on. So what, just because you got work done, you can't have a workout program and you can't work out? So you get your boobs done or you get lipo or you get fat transfer, you can't work out. Now, some people can call that cheating and you you can have that opinion, okay? But um, at least drop it with Drew. She immediately came out with that. Sheree, it took you 14 years to come out with She by Sheree and $82 shirts that I can design on my own and sell for probably 30. I found it so weird too. And now that we're already on the topic of Drop It With Drew and, you know, Sonya and Drew get into it later this episode and we can go ahead and bring it up now. Um, Sonya, you went after Drew because everyone else was clowning Drew. Candy was clowning Drew. Kenya was clowning Drew. You know, about the Drop It With Drew workout program and, oh, how is she having that program when she's gotten work done? And, oh, her website doesn't even work. Sheree jumped into it too, as if, you know, she, the She by Sheree website was great anyways. It looked horrible. As if She by Sheree was even out, which it wasn't. And Sonia saw all these women going, you know, you know, clowning Drew. So she didn't want to, she didn't want it to seem like, you know, she didn't agree with them and she wanted to fit in. 
You know, she's the new kid in class. She wants to fit in. So she's like, oh, I'm going to go after Drew for no reason too. Sonia, you really had no reason to go after Drew. You had no reason. Other than everyone else was going after her and everyone else was clowning her. So I'm going to clown her as well. You had no reason. Drew kind of carried this season. And speaking of carrying, let's talk about the seating chart. How come Marlo and Sheree have, or have the first seats next to Andy? How come that is? That doesn't make sense to me. If anything, this might be a controversial take, but I think that Drew deserved one of the first seats. They clowned Drew, you know, and Drew was funny this season. I loved her when she brought out the dog treat or dog bone and threw it at Fatum or threw it at the ground near Fatum. That was funny. That was hilarious. Sheree, did Drew just throw Ralph's dildo at Fatum? Please. I, <laughs> it's I still laugh about it. That's so funny. Marlo, just because she's just getting her peach, she gets a first seat next to Andy. That made no sense. That made no sense. And why did they sit Sonia and Drew together? You would think that they would sit them on opposite sides. You know, or maybe, you know, they would sit like Marlo, Candy, or Marlo, Sonia, and then Candy. You know, and although Marlo and Candy don't get along, they're not sitting next to each other. Why was Sonia and Drew sitting next to each other? That made absolutely no sense. Anyway, Sonia starts to cry and Drew is like, you know, yes, there are tears coming out of her eyes. And Kenya was like, yes, that's crying, Drew. Drew is so funny. I am such a Drew Sedora fan. I will admit, I was skeptical about her when she first joined the show, but I love Drew. And if she doesn't get a peach next season, which I don't see why she wouldn't, there's something wrong. So, um... The rest of the episode or the rest of this part of the reunion really discusses Marlo and Marlo's difficult childhood. We talk about Marlo's mother who we saw during the season finale and it seemed like that they were working on their relationship but then Marlo reveals that she's that her mom's kind of gotten back to her old ways which is sad which is unfortunate and you know she says that you know she looks at people like Mama Joyce and wishes that you know she had the same relationship that Candy has with her mother. You know, although sometimes, yeah, you know, they'll always get in arguments, but you can tell that Mama Joyce loves Candy and that Candy loves Mama Joyce. And Marlo wishes that she had that relationship with her mother. Or then Marlo talks about her childhood and talks about how, you know, at the age of 10, she ran away from her house and she was put in the foster care system. And, you know, she was in five, I think she said five different foster homes and, you know, she was kicked out of all of them. But, you know, that's got to be hard. Again, I'm not the biggest Marlo fan, but that, I mean, that has to be difficult. You have nowhere to go. You're a child, you know, when you're a child, you, you know, you can't, you can, you can't really do a lot for yourself. You need food. You need shelter. You need those, those are basic things that you need to survive in this world. And she didn't really get that. And in return, that's kind of made her feel unworthy or unwanted when she would get kicked out of these foster homes for absolutely no reason. And so that's why she said, you know, when she got the peach, she felt like, oh, I'm finally included in something. I'm finally, you know, wanted of something. I'm finally worthy of something. Which it's sad, you know, that it takes for her to be a full-time cast member on this show for her to feel worthy. But, you know, if that's her life story, that's her life story. And it's unfortunate that she's had that much trauma. However, that doesn't give her an excuse to take out all of that anger on these women. And I liked how Marlo, again, I'm not the biggest Marlo fan, but I liked how Marlo gave all of the women their accolades. You know, Sheree, she now has her fashion line. 
Kenya, Miss USA. Candy, she's a Grammy Award-winning singer and songwriter. Sonia, Olympic gold medalist, she's reminded us so many times, which by the way, if I've won that many gold medalists, I would be the same way too, Sonia, so don't feel bad about that. Um, Drew, she's a singer and actress. You know, she gives these women their accolades, and I appreciated that. I thought that was very nice of her. And then Marlo and Kenya kind of get into it. Kenya says that Marlo wasn't really the housewife that she expected her to be and calls her, I think, a sour peach. And, you know, Marlo says, you know, I don't know why you're talking bad about me. You're saying, you know, oh, can, because, you know, Kenya made that comment like I'm an icon and she's an ex-con, you know, making comments like that. And, you know, Marlo wants to turn around and say, well, you know, I've never talked about people like Mark, which I think, okay, Marlo, I was on, I was kind of on your side for a little bit until you said that. Every time Marlo goes after Kenya, she brings up Mark. Oh, Mark doesn't want you. Mark didn't want anything to do with you. Oh, you're getting a divorce. You know, every single time, like nine times out of 10, when she goes after Kenya, the first thing she says is something about Mark. When Kenya was drunk and, you know, she was like, I am the moment. I am the moment, you know, being funny. And then, you know, Marlo says to Mark, you're not. And then even all the women were like, really? Why'd you say that? And it's like, Marlo, wait, you, you talk about Mark all the time. Every single time you go after Kenya, you bring him up. Let's not lie here. Are we watching the same show? Again, I feel bad for Marlo. No child should ever have to go through that. No woman should ever have to go through what she's went through. But that still doesn't give her an excuse to being an awful person and to going so low. Then again, maybe that's all she does know because she didn't have a mother to teach her that's not right. She didn't have a parent that was like, or a guardian or anyone in her life, an adult figure in her life when she was a child to be like, hey, that's wrong. You shouldn't say that. You shouldn't do that. And I wish Marlo was more open like this because Marlo is actually likable when she's more open like this. And Marlo did bring up a point that I do want to address where, you know, all these women throughout the entire time that she's been on this show, you know, all these women say is, oh, she's a whore. Oh, she's a prostitute. But they can't bring one man to the show that she slept with. And the only man that I can think of that they've even talked about is John. You know, the one that Nene was going out with at one point when she was um, split up with Greg before she got back together with Greg. Marlo doesn't bring up a lot of good points, but she did bring up a good point there. You know, they want to call her a whore and a prostitute and, you know, say all those names, but they can't bring up, they can't bring one man to the show. That is true. I don't give Marlo much, but I will give Marlo that. And so next week, Marlo and Kenya are really going to get into it, I think. And there's more to come. I will say I, I did enjoy this first part. I think it's already addressed a lot and to think there's like two more parts left. So I'm excited about the Atlanta reunion. I think it's going to be a really good wrap up of a interesting season to say the least. This week's Beverly Hills proves that if anything, we need to break up the dynamic of the Fox Force 5 because last night's episode was actually really good. You know, they all weren't together, you know, clicked up and, you know, fighting for Erica, you know, except for Diana and Dorit. And here's my opinion. We've now gone almost two whole seasons, okay? Two whole seasons of Erica and her antics and, you know, everything that's going on with her. And these women need to realize that Erica really doesn't care about anyone but herself. And she has literally said this. She has said this. 
She doesn't care about the victims. She doesn't care about, you know, what's going on with, you know, the legal system. Like, she doesn't care. So these women, they need to drop it. Because if this is what the rest of the season is going to be, I'm tapped out. I'm bored. I don't want any of it anymore. It's boring to me now. We got to find something else. We got to find something else to talk about. Even Sen's not getting involved. And I loved that we went through an episode without bullying or berating Sutton. It was actually nice. You know, some people said, well, you know, Sutton wasn't really in this week's episode. Okay, well, she was in every episode this season. She is clocked in for work every single episode this season. So she deserves to take a back seat this episode. And I really like this episode because, you know, Kyle is just in hysteria. Kyle's having an hysterical meltdown, you know, a whole breakdown over Kathy and over Dorit and Erica, and it just serves her right. You know, she's been stirring the pot this entire season, and now everyone turned against her for like one whole day, and that broke her. That just broke Kyle Richards. Erica, I don't want to be fighting with you like this. Dorit, I don't want to be fighting with you like this. Just please, just please come to this dinner. It will really upset me if you don't come to this dinner. Meanwhile, Kathy's upset about Rena drinking Kendall Jenner's tequila. And Kyle's like, just get out of the mood. Kyle wants to talk about how she's her sister's keeper. Yet she didn't defend Kathy at all. And look, I will say, I think Kathy was being a little bit of a diva. I will say, especially when she told the bartender, um, why isn't my tequila out here, out in the front? She was being a little diva. We did see a little side of Kathy that we haven't seen yet. But also, don't you think it's embarrassing that Rena is like, let me try my friend Kendall Jenner's new 818 tequila line. Like, you're a whole grown woman name-dropping Kendall Jenner. You don't need to do that, girl. You're, you're, on a, you're on a housewife show. I just thought that was so cringy. And, you know, we sit through advertisements for, let's see, Rena Beauty... Dorit's fashion lines, Kyle's stores, Sutton's store, Garcelle being on the reel, Erica Jane and her, you know, hair extension line and her music career. We've set through advertisements for all of that, but yet we can't have Kathy promote her tequila. That's too much. We're really launching a whole takedown of Kathy Hilton over tequila. Over tequila? Granted, I'm glad that there's another storyline other than Erica and her mess, but it's like, like, what's going on here? So, you know, Rena goes to the bar and she's asking for, you know, 818 tequila. And then Kathy gets so upset. She calls Rena, you know, effing disgusting for doing that in front of her and for Kyle for not doing anything, which she should know. Kathy, you should know by now that Kyle isn't going to defend you. She let these women eat Kim alive. Do you really think that she's going to give a damn about them jumping you or attacking you or offending you? Of course not. Why would she? So Kathy leaves out of the store. And while this is going on, Kyle and Dorit have a FaceTime call. And, you know, Kyle's like, hey, Dorit, I still want you and Erica and Diana to come to the dinner tonight. And then Dorit is like, I don't know. Erica was so upset last night and... You know, I'd rather be with her right now because she only has two people rallying around her while everyone else is over here. Okay, well, Erica did that to herself, okay? And Dorit, you didn't even say anything the previous night when Erica was going off. 
Not a word was uttered from you. So yeah, when Kyle said later in the episode that you put yourself in the middle, I do have to agree with that, Dorit. You did put yourself in the middle. And you know, I find it so weird, Dorit, that you have a voice in the confessional, but you really don't have a voice when it comes to be being with Erica in person. You say in your confessionals, should she show empathy? Yes, but these women need to stop being so hard on her. But she wouldn't dare say that to Erica's face. Poor Dorit, you know, you do have to feel sorry for her. You know, there was a time when Dorit actually had a voice and she actually stood up to Erica. And now she's just scared and frightened of her. And she has no voice. She has no mind of her own. She just goes wherever the, wherever the wind blows, that's where, that's the direction Dorit goes. Poor thing. You know, she, you have to feel sorry for Dorit. You know, she really has no mind of her own. And she is just a follower. Poor thing. Mm, unfortunate. Later in the episode, Kyle and Dorit face off to one another. And, you know, Kyle's like, I don't care. I don't care. Like, girl, shut up. After everything that you've been doing, Kyle, this entire season, I did not feel bad for you this week. I really didn't. You want to stir the pot and you want to cause all this chaos. And then when the chaos comes back at you, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. I don't want to fight. <laughs> you know, in the words of Abby Lee Miller, save your tears for the pillow, girl. I'm, I'm so done. I'm so done with Kyle. And, you know, Mauricio had to step in because he can't have the sister wives allegedly fighting. And Kyle and Dorit are still going at it. And then Rena pops in and it's like, you know, we need to put a pin in it. Okay, we have to go to dinner. Let's put a pin in it. Which I would have too. Because if I'm hungry like that, I'm not going to wait on someone else to, you know, finish their argument. We need to put a pin in it and we need to eat. We need to eat. So they all go to this dinner that Kyle has been hyped up about. And that she was so upset that Dorit might not go to. I don't even know where it was at. And it didn't look like they were having dinner. It just looked like they were just hanging out at a bar or something. But anyways, all of the women are there. All of them do show up, including Erica, Diana, and Dorit. And Kyle is uncomfortable at first talking to Erica. But then she, you know, works up the courage to go up to Erica. And after that whole argument, you know, Erica calling all those women dumb F words or dumb see you next Tuesdays. I don't know what she said. She said dumb and then some curse word that was bleeped out. And the way that Erica was going at Kyle, and then for them to just make up like that, like nothing happened. Really? Really? These women are so scared. You know, these women are so frightened. Dorit was so frightened about going to the dinner because she thought everyone would jump her for, you know, being by Erica's side. As if, you know, any of these women are going to come up to her and like punch her in the face or jump on her. Like, really? Kyle's so scared of Erica. You know, I, I, for what reason? I don't know. So, you know, Kyle and Erica, they make up. And while they're making up, Crystal realizes that, you know, they're making up. And she, like all of us watching, find it very interesting that, you know, they can make up and be fine just like that. But yet, Erica and Sutton, the way that they treat each other, they can't just make up like that. Erica and Crystal, you know, Erica was going off on Crystal. And Crystal, by the way, shout out to Crystal. You're finally clocked in. It's about time Crystal clocks in. I love Crystal. I, you know, I liked her last season. I really like her this season. But she has been quiet and I'm so glad that she's finally clocked in. It only took you about 17 episodes into the season to be clocked in. But nevertheless, you're here. And so Crystal and Dorit are talking. And, you know, Dorit tries to buck up to Crystal. Well, you don't know everything that's going on either. Yeah, but... 
Crystal and everyone else knows that just because Erica's lawsuit was dropped in Chicago doesn't mean that it's not going to be refiled in California. And do you notice how like Dorit used to go after someone like Erica who is a strong personality and now she goes after people like Crystal? Really? You're gonna go after Crystal? Dorit is so lame. Like she is so lame. I really do feel sorry for her. Like it, it's gotta, it's gotta suck being that lame. It really does. So anyways, that's going on or that's over. And then they all convene and Erica and Crystal get into it. And Crystal finally stands up for herself as she should. And Erica calls her an asshole for it. And then, you know, everyone around is shocked as if, you know, they haven't been called dumb F-U-C-Ks and dumb see you next Tuesdays. We're still shocked that Erica is going there. Yes. Why are these women shocked that Erica keeps going there? Why are you shocked? <gasps> Why? How could she say that? Really? Please. Let's cut it out. So anyways, the dinner or whatever ends. I don't even know if they had dinner. Or, you know, I guess they're just hanging out at a place. I don't know. And Kyle's like, hey, you know, let's go to this club or let's go to this bar or whatever. And so they all get into the Sprinter van. And then the episode ends with Lisa texting Erica about how Kathy has completely lost it. She's went off on Kyle. She said some really hateful things towards Kyle. And then it shows a text message that Kathy sent to Lisa saying, you know, silence is golden. Now, first off, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. And I tweeted it last night. I think whatever Kathy said to Kyle was probably justified. It was probably justified. Kathy was probably upset that Kyle never has her back. Just like Kyle never had Kim's back. I don't even know what they were fighting. I don't know what happened. We're going to know what happened next week, apparently. I don't even know what happened, but I'm already on Team Kathy. Just for the simple fact that it's Kyle. Kyle being messy. Kyle's been messy this entire season. Now she's getting everything back 10 times fold. And I'm so happy for it. I'm so happy for it. Isn't karma awful, Kyle? Isn't it? You've become everything that you've hated about Vanderpump. And now everyone's going to start turning against you and including your own sister because you never stand up for your own sisters. But, you know, forbid anyone who comes after Erica. Then, you know, th that is that the hill that you really want to die on? Kyle, is that the hill that you really want to die on? I think Rena is also being probably over-exaggerated as per usual. And I bet you we're not even going to see what really happened. It's just going to be text messages and, you know, Lisa Rena and her confessional detailing everything that happened along with Kyle. Again, I'm glad that we're getting a new storyline, although I really don't understand why we're getting a whole takedown of Kathy Hilton. Nevertheless, I'm glad that we're getting a new storyline. And after tonight, which I know this isn't going to happen. I know they're still going to talk about it. But after tonight, I'm done with Erica Jane and the whole, you know, legal situation. It's clear that she doesn't care. These women just need to drop it. Even Sutton was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm retired from this. Sutton's not coming after her no more. And when you really think about it, Sutton really hasn't came after Erica this season, really. They've gotten into it a couple of times, but they really haven't. Well, at least Sutton hasn't towards Erica. Erica has towards Sutton. And Sutton's done. Sutton's dropping it. And good for Sutton. All these other ladies should drop it. Because at the end of the day, Erica does not care about the victim. She has said it herself. She doesn't care. She loves those earrings. She ain't gonna give it up. That song, never gonna give them up. You know, she's never gonna give them up. Except for she has. You know, she has turned in the earrings now. But I'm done. New storyline. 
next episode. I don't want to hear about it. I know we're going to hear about it during the reunion. By the way, they don't even show a preview of what happens next week. It's left on a to be continued. I hate a to be continued. And the housewives do it too much. Bravo, you do it way too much. And then you end up uploading the second part of the to be continued right on your YouTube or right on Bravo Insider. It's like, really? Although I would like to think that this time it's worth the wait. Things are getting more messier than they ever have been on Beverly Hills. And I'm a little nervous to see where it goes. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm just feeling all types of emotions. But we're here and I'm going to be here to recap and review all the mess. To close out this episode, and as promised, I'm going to give my long-awaited progress report to the women of Dubai. The season of Dubai ended last week, but because I didn't do an episode last Friday, I'm going to do a progress report or report card for all of the ladies of Dubai right now. So I've been paying attention. I've watched every episode of this season, and I've decided to grade the women you know, it's going to be like, a, you know, a normal grading system, A, B, C, D, or F. I'm not going to do the plus or minuses that, because, you know, that's just too much. Because a B plus, what's a B plus? That's an A. Okay, you know what I mean? So I'm not going to do the plus or minuses. I'm just going to do A, B, C, D, or F. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. I'm not going to give any of these women an F only because this is the first season and for a lot of these women, they haven't been on a reality TV show before. So they don't know how any of this works. And I just feel like it wouldn't be fair for me to automatically say that they're failing or that they flopped. You know, I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I know what you're probably thinking. Oh, well, they could have watched other Housewives shows to prepare for what they're getting themselves into. And that's a fair point. I do think that's a fair point. But still, I mean... Would you have rather them want to watch every single episode of The Housewives and then be overly produced and be cringy and be like a super fan? Bronwyn. So yeah. Um, so the order that I'm going to go in is based off of the intro of the show. You know, when they give their taglines, I'm just going to go in that order. So the first woman that I'm going to grade is Chanel Ion. I loved Chanel Ion. She is, I'm going to be honest, if it wasn't for her being on this show, I really wouldn't be watching Dubai. I have to say that. I'm sorry. You know, I know it's only the first season and, you know, the first season of a lot of shows suck, especially if it's a reality show, you know, it, you know, because they're still trying to find their footing. But if it wasn't for Chanel Ion, I would not be watching Dubai. She bought fashion. There was not a bad look that she had. I don't think she can pull off a bad look. Chanel Ion could wear the ugliest outfit, could have the, you know, ugliest makeup and, you know, horrible hair and disgusting outfit, horrid shoes, and she would still turn out a look. She would still look good. She would look beautiful. Right before the reunion, she was asked by Naomi Campbell to walk in a show. Uh, what, what more do I need to say? She was funny. She's hilarious. And for those saying that she's not authentic, um, for her to share her story, especially what happened to her when she was a child, that takes a lot. That takes a lot of strength. That takes a lot of bravery. Not a lot of people and not a lot of women can talk about what she's been through. And I admire that. 
I do. And she actually gave us material. Unlike a lot of these women on the show, she actually gave us something to work with. Whether it was gifting goats or lemons or, you know, or, you know, the quotes that she had. Period. Dot. Iconic. Legendary. Already. She's one of my favorite recent additions of any housewife. So for that, she gets an A. A for Ion. I definitely want her back on my screen. Up next, we have Sarah. I'm going to give Sarah a D. If you watch the show, it shouldn't be shocking why I gave her a D. She's pretty boring. Um, the charity stuff is nice. She does come across sometimes as too preachy and too judgmental. She's kind of just there. You'll notice for a lot of these women, I don't have much to say about them because they didn't provide as much as Chanel Ion. I'm just saying they did not provide much to this show. Like I'm struggling to find something to say about Sarah. So she gets a D. Moving along, we have Caroline Brooks. I'm going to give Caroline Brooks a C. I think she definitely tried to clock in this season. I definitely think that she tried to work. There's definitely more room for improvement. Her and Chanel's relationship, her and Ion's relationship is very interesting. Because they seem to really love each other, but then they seem to really hate each other. And that's giving me material. That's giving me something. And I love her drunk moments. Whenever she's drunk, I love those drunk moments. When she went off on Sarah, why are you talking about my relationship with my son? I jumped. I got scared. Brooks did give us something. So for that, I will give her a C. Up next is Lisa Milan. I like Lisa, but other than her being Ion's friend and her having her successful maternity line, which not a lot of people can have, and her standing up to Stanbury, especially after Stanbury, you know, was being so nasty and so rude to her. Other than that, she was just Ion's sidekick. She was just there. She provided a lot more than Sarah, so she's not going to get a D. I would say that she's probably brought as much to the show as Caroline Brooks. So for that reason, I will give Lisa Milan a C. Up next is Nina. Nina, oh, finally you have a voice. You know, remember when Stanberry said that to her? Oh, now you have a voice. The only thing I know about Nina from this season is she likes french fries. She loves french fries. Other than that, I don't know anything about this woman. Like, I, she has a fruitcake business, but as Chanel Ion says, who buys fruitcake? So she has a fruitcake business and she likes fries. Um, that gives me nothing to work with. That gives me absolutely nothing to work with. Boring. She gets a D. Up next is Caroline Stanberry. She's the final woman. I will give Caroline Stanberry this. She gave us a wedding. She gave us, you know, behind the scenes of her IVF. She gave us the interesting dynamic between, you know, her family and Sergio's family. She did give us material. She did. She gave us a lot more than what Lisa, Sarah, Nina, and Caroline Brooks did. I will give her that. Now, this is my introduction to Caroline Sanberry. Again, I did not watch Ladies of London. Apparently, she was more likable on that show than she is on this show. I don't know. I've never watched it. I might have to go back and watch it. So I'm going to give Caroline Stanberry a B. She didn't impress me like Chanel Ion did. But she still gave us material. I don't like the fact that, like, she missed out on, like, Lisa's fashion show, which was, like, the second episode. I hate when a housewife doesn't attend a cast event. Unless they're, like, sick and they can't, like, they're, like, there's, like, they cannot actually physically go. There's no reason for you not to be at a cast event. There's no reason. I do not like it when housewives don't participate. 
then why are you on the show? I don't want you on the show. Get off my show. Caroline gave us material, but she didn't impress me as much as Chanel Ion. So I will give her a B though, because she did give us a lot more than what those other women did, but not as much as Chanel Ion. Overall, I give this whole season probably a C. It's very average. I hope if there is a season two, which there needs to be season two, just for Chanel Ion. Chanel Ion, I'm so sorry. We're gonna get you better co-stars to work with. We're gonna get you better cast members to work with. I wouldn't even mind Stanbury staying on the show, to be honest. All those other women, I'm sorry, I don't know them. Hopefully next season they can bring it, I guess. I don't know. But overall, I give this entire season of Dubai a C. Just pretty much average. And it goes to show that just because you're rich and you live in a great, you know, beautiful, aesthetically pleasing place, that's great and all, but we we have to watch it for something. If I just wanted to watch, you know, a pretty place, I could go on Google Images and look up Dubai. You know, in the name of Britney Spears, gimme, gimme more, gimme more, gimme, gimme more. That's all I want is more, more, more. So I think that concludes this episode of The Row Pod. Thank you for listening. I want to just give a shout out to everyone that's listening. Everyone who's supporting the podcast, I truly appreciate it. Our listening audience is growing, and I'm very excited about that. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I usually live tweet the episodes at RowPod. That's R-H-O pod. Follow this podcast. Subscribe to this podcast. Give it five stars. Review it. Give me some critiques. Give me some criticism. You know, I know I can improve on this show, and I can take it. You know, don't be rude and be like, oh, this show freaking sucks. You know, don't do that because then I might actually cry and quit doing the show. Although I love a five-star rating. But if you just want to give it four stars, I'm okay with that. Again, it helps with the algorithm, apparently, and it helps push the podcast out there more. That's why I'm promoting it like that. Because to me, I would just be, I would just put this out and then, you know, whoever listens to it, listens to it. But I want people to listen to this show because... It would just be kind of pointless if I'm just sitting here recording myself, talking to myself, you know? Anyways, enough of that ranting. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Row Pod. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Row Pod, a Real Housewives recap. 